In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your Holy Spirit upon us. Guide us in the graces, Lord. Convert our hearts to go directly to your most sacred heart. Help us to use this Lent as an opportunity and a means for conversion so as to find peace and salvation in your graces. Amen. As we enter into the middle of Lent here, the fourth Sunday of Lent, I was praying about just the whole spirituality of Lent, the whole desire or the purpose behind our, our prayer and our fasting and our almsgiving. And I was just reflecting upon, upon my, my priesthood. Right? I love being a priest. Being a priest is great. I love being a priest because this is what God has called me to do. It has its burdens, as does any vocation that anybody does authentically in marriage or in having children and all these things. It's, it's worth it at the end of the day, but really when it comes down to it, it, it's a decent amount of self-sacrifice and work to make the relationship fruitful, to make what they, the purpose of it, having a happy home, all these things really worth it. And just think about like, this is a simple example, like the Grotto Project, right? It's quite the burden of our lives. You know, it requires a lot of time, effort, a lot of money to, to build it. But at the end of the day, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in our community here, use it and will use it as an opportunity to come be with Jesus, to pray, to grow in their relationship with God. It all matters. It's all worth it. Even in the, in the preaching, the purpose of preaching, I'm up here preaching, trying to evangelize every single day I'm out there grinding, but it's like the whole reason of wanting to do this is this exact same purpose of what St. Paul is trying to do. St. Paul is preaching to the people of God, people of the Romans in Rome, like the beauty of who you are. It's up here to try to evangelize, to preach, to do all these things in the church so that everybody, myself included, but all of you can recognize who you are as sons and daughters of the Father, that we are loved by God. That it really, really matters. When I'm up here to preach, I want you to know who you are so you can find the love of God, so you can find peace and happiness and fulfillment in this life and in eternal life. There's a reason behind the vocation, there's a reason behind the preaching. But at the same time, kind of the burdens of life, people don't respond. I don't know what to do, right? Every Easter, it's packed. Every Christmas, it's packed. Palm Sunday, is packed. How do we do better? It can be a burden. I can listen to the lies of the devil. Like People aren't responding to Jesus. They're not responding to God's graces. But at the end of the day, everybody is responsible for their own salvation. Everybody has to respond to Jesus on their own volition, on their own desire to find Jesus. Because even in the gospel, whether I fail or not, it's kind of a not irrelevant, but it's not as nearly as important as Jesus Christ himself. And he's preaching to these people, he's giving them parables, and they're not responding. They're not being converted, right? In the gospel today, you have all these examples, right? He goes to the Pharisees and he asks, like, they, like, let me ask you a question. What authority do you have? Let me ask you a question. And if you can answer it, then I'll tell you about what authority. And they don't answer. Why? Because they're so scared of the reputation. People think that John was a, a, a prophet. We can't do anything against that because... People might be against us. People might hurt us. They might not like us. They're so worried about their own reputation and being liked by people. Or these two sons, right? The one son, he goes to say, hey, go work in the vineyard, and he doesn't go. Why? In my reflection this week, because he's a bum, right? He's lazy. We all, have, we all know that guy in our life who, like, doesn't work. He isn't diligent in his work life, right? If you have a son, like, hey, listen, go in the store, go in the back room and, like, restock the liquor shelf. I don't know, right? And then he's like, I don't want to. I'd rather play video games and smoke weed. Like, okay, that's not a fruitful life. A desire for conversion, an opportunity for conversion, yet not fulfilled in their lives. And then the householder, as Jesus is this example, this parable, right? The stubbornness and the arrogance and the self-righteousness of those who were lent out the house, the vineyard, in order to find fruitfulness, 
thought about themselves. What matters is me. It was their own pride. And Jesus is preaching to them to convert. Like, listen, you don't know where John's baptism is from? Say that. Say, you know, we don't know. And I'm sorry, can you help us learn? To have that humility and openness to Jesus and say, I don't know what I don't know. And please help me learn to be better. To have the diligence of the sons to go work in the vineyard. To have the diligence and wherewithal and own desire to convert. Say, listen, yeah, the journey of Jesus is work. To live this life is work. There's burdens of life. And that's okay. Because those who come before me have been diligent and hardworking. Who am I? But to be even more so hardworking and have the humility to grow in that love. To want to be diligent in our lives. In life in general, but also in, in discipleship. And then the householder. Think about the arrogance of those people. They killed, the, 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 these, Christ is talking to them as if they're the people of God who killed the prophets. In order, how beautiful would it have been for them to say, you're right. We were wrong, Jesus. We did kill the prophets. We were self-righteous and arrogant and prideful and we killed the prophets. Please help us convert. They didn't. They allowed themselves to even go as far as to kill Jesus. Because that's to the ultimate prophet, the, great, the greatest of all prophets in Jesus Christ and the incarnation of God in Jesus. So there's a, there should be a desire in our hearts for all of the evangelization, for all of us to convert, to be better, and Christ is preaching that. But also we have to focus on what we can focus on, which is ourselves. How are we called in our own heart of hearts to convert? And the word conversion is very interesting. The word conversion means to turn around, right? to turn from and to turn towards. For example... Can you help me out with an example? Let's all stand. Yeah, you're all tired, you haven't had your coffee yet. All right, face the back wall. Where's your back right now? To Jesus. So what do we do? Turn around every now and then. So, no, we turn around, we turn to Jesus. Right, we can sit back down now, right? Good. There is a turning. The word conversion means literally to turn toward. Conversation, all these things, you turn towards somebody and you talk to them. There has to be a physical turning because it's easy for us to look at the gospel and say, well, this person, they were so arrogant, they didn't ask the right questions for Jesus. This person was lazy and didn't do diligent enough work to find the heart of Jesus. This person was so self-righteous that they couldn't even recognize their own faults and ask for God's mercy. But really, as we hear, as we enter into the fourth week of Lent, the middle of Lent, all we can really focus on, and what we should focus on, is ourselves. How are we allowing the graces of God, the prayer, fasting, almsgiving of this Lent, to convert our hearts? I need to be better. Me. So we start with me. Be better this Lent. Allow the graces of God to convert our hearts. And then we go one step farther, those in our circles whom we have responsibility for, your spouses, your children, your parents, just work with them. Allow yourself to evangelize them. Allow yourself to be converted and to convert them. And then watch the world be set on fire by the graces of God. That's the beauty of it. And if you look at the numbers, there's a very beautiful book about evangelization, but the guy uses numbers. He said that all of us take one year, a whole year, and convert one person. The next year I will have two. And the both of us take an entire year to convert one person. Then that's four. So on and so forth. Eight, 16, all these things. By 40 years, 
every single human being in the entire world will have been converted to the heart of Jesus. But start with you. Start with yourself. Because it's easy as we enter into the middle of Lent to be like, oh, I'm okay, I forgot chocolate, yeah, I did my coffee. It's like, no, the wisdom of the church is the first, middle, and last week of Lent we fast as a community, as a body. Individually, you have your, your prayers and your, your, your fasting, but as a body, we all fast. We all refocus now back unto, unto Lent. But it's not a thing unto itself. We don't fast just to say we fast. We're entering into the whole spirituality of Lent to convert ourselves, to allow the graces of God the Eucharist as the food for the journey, our own reflection and our own prayer and our own reliance on God's mercy by going to the sacraments of confession to turn from, because if we turn to Jesus, that means returning from something. So we turn to Jesus, we turn from our sins, from our vices, from our arrogance, our self-righteousness, our pride, our laziness, whatever it is in our lives, and we turn to Jesus. To continue on the journey to be better, to be patient, but to be holier, to be more with Jesus. Amen.